Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Moms That Say Fuck, hosted by yours truly, Alana Kapitz and Dr. Dina Kulik. I'm Alana, the CEO and founder of Moms Toronto. We're on a mission to bring moms together and give them a great day, revolutionizing maternity leave. And I'm Dr. Dina Kulik. I'm a pediatrician and pediatric emergency medicine doctor. I provide no-nonsense child health advice, dispelling myths, and empowering parents to parent confidently and raise your healthiest kids. Together, we have six kids under eight. We are eager to chat with other moms, entrepreneurs, and interesting people about everything from sex to alcohol, sleep woes, and body shaming. We aren't afraid to talk about taboo topics or share our many opinions. We say it like it is and want to get to the heart of the issues facing moms and caregivers everywhere. Come join us. Here we go. (laughs) I've had a day. Hello, hello, hello. Mamas and papas, we're so excited for tonight. We have Alyssa Furtado, not Nellie Furtado, but maybe a relation, maybe not. <laughs> She's a passionate entrepreneur and mother. She is the CEO, and, oh, no, she is the co-founder of Rate Hub Inc. and the CEO of RateHub.ca, the leading Canadian financial comparison website for mortgages, credit cards, uh, deposit rates, and insurance. Welcome. Thank you Thanks for coming here. And you are how pregnant? Uh, six months. Six months. And how are you feeling? Great. Now. Less than <laughs> trimester one yeah, wouldn't have come one. on the podcast. Uh-huh. <laughs> feeling great now. Were you Good. barfy at the beginning? Yeah, I'm just nauseous all the yeah. time and exhausted. With your first one too? Yes. Pregnancy sucks. It yeah. does. It's yeah. the worst. It does. Yeah. I'm finding this one easier because I have less FOMO because all of my friends and, and my lifestyle has slowed down. Mm. So I find this second trimester better than the first pregnancy. Yeah. I feel like there's also like this light at the end of the tunnel effect where you're like, this fucking sucks, but then you're gonna have a baby and like you've done it before, so it's a little bit less stressful. Yeah. yeah. And when the fog of trimester one lifts, that's so uplifting as well. Totally. <laughs> and then you can actually imagine enjoying your life again. Yeah. yeah. Do you find it more challenging having another kid at home? Physically, yes. Um yeah, and just trying to train him that I, if I walk upstairs on my own, I'm incredibly out of breath. So I'm trying to train him. He knows now that mommy can't hold him walking upstairs, but she can hold him walking downstairs. <laughs> learned how yes. many months is he? He's uh, two and a half. Oh, two and a half. Okay. So okay. they'll be three years apart. It's very civilized. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Right. That's nice. Mm-hmm. He can and like help sort of. Exactly. Yeah, that age they're like independent enough that they can like go grab wipes for you or diapers. Totally. Or whatever. And we're already kind of training him on those little yeah. things. So <laughs> here's how you change a bum. Yeah. Do you have him on like the boogie board yet? Yeah. Just practicing? <laughs> Not quite yet. Okay. That's we never a good had thing. a boogie board. We've never used a boogie board for our kids. I got it just to like like before I like while I was pregnant, I was like, Okay, you're gonna practice being on the boogie board. And, and uh, you use it? Is that like, what you do? I barely put my kids in a stroller. Right. Yeah. And we we're strollers. done with that yeah. too. Yeah. We double strollers. And once we had more than two kids at a time, one kid would just walk. Like by then yeah. they were mm-hmm. four, I guess. When yeah. We had two younger ones. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. We never had a boogie board. We never need one. No, I had one. Yeah. He likes it. Like when I, I have it on. Like my, my stroller has all the accessories. I have right. like the two seats and the boogie board. So he can have his options when right. we do walk, <laughs> which is like once a month. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we're not a stroller family really. I'm not such a walker. We haven't used strollers in a long time. We have a lot of strollers. Strollers were a thing for mm-hmm. a while. And I bought them all secondhand or like from How many strollers did you have, Dina? Uh, I actually read an article about it. There's something. Did I read it? Andrew, maybe remember. Was it Huff Post? I can't remember where I wrote, or my blog or Globe, I can't remember, but I wrote it for something. I have, we have 
three double strollers mm. and I think at that time I had three single strollers but I never bought like any fancy like upper babies or like mm. I never bought anything fancy we had like one of the crappy like put your bucket in the stroller like oh, travel things it was great yeah it was, awesome. it was great for like the time yeah and then we and then I got a bunch of secondhand stuff like I had a city mini single which I love then I had a city mingle double which I love mm-hmm. and we had a running double stroller that Andrews used a total of like five times ever uh-huh. but the kids liked it when they did races with him and what else? We had a Bumble Indie, which I still love, but we never use. We never use anything double anymore. We haven't for years. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, all that Oz uses now is a City Mini and we love it. And then like now he's in a car and we're pushing the car thing down the street, right? Yeah. Yeah. Strollers, yeah, man. Strollers are a big thing. Here's the thing about moms and strollers is like somehow when you're pregnant with your first time and you can tell me this, is like, oh my God, I'm pregnant. I need a stroller. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like the tool that people think that they need. And it like at the end of the day, if you and like- you research and you research and, and you research. Buy, you like yeah. go shopping. Oh my God. I remember I bought three strollers before we sat. We bought three secondhand strollers before I landed on the stroller we ended and up they're with. they're so fucking expensive. They're so mm-hmm. stupid. Like brand new, like a thousand bucks, right? Yeah, Insane. it's crazy. We never, one we never piece of advice for like any that. expecting parents who are first timers, like don't just go onto like the great Canadian stroller swap and pay something like, get a stroller from 2009 and mm-hmm. you'll be okay. 100%. Mm-hmm. Or take one from a friend. Try them out. Like there's yeah. no reason why you need to buy a brand new like Ugh. and the bassinet and the When blah, I see blah, people blah. with these brand new like high end strollers I'm like are you for It's real? a bit of like a status thing too I think like Maybe. oh I've got a fancy stroller I don't well, know I that like is not where I would spend a thousand dollars. You know? Like yeah. A car is like an extension of your yeah. mm-hmm. sense of self. Everything I think I underestimated how short of a window you'd use everything for yeah. too. So true. I remember I my baby loved to be swaddled and so I went out and bought 50 swaddles yeah. and then at three months I dropped the swaddle and right. I didn't you need them anymore. for the next right. baby though. Exactly. Yeah, you like the swaddles. I used all yeah. my swaddles for four different children. Yeah, that's true. And then again, like I lent them to friends or friends yes. lent me theirs. Like there's a lot of like trading yes. and whatever. I've been, our girlfriends, we have a great WhatsApp group and we just trade everything Amazing. around. So, that's so good. You know, once you're done with your obnoxious Fisher Price swing, yes. you yeah. don't want it and you don't want yeah. it in your house. So yeah. it's so great to give I it to someone else. Mine. It's like done. It's yeah. out. Yeah. And the used economy. So, Yes. He, I go to I buy all of Elliot's clothes at Once Upon a Child. Yeah. Amazing. And and then Facebook Marketplace now. Like mm-hmm. you can just find everything used. Yeah. Yeah. I was all about just taking stuff from friends. There yeah. were so many things that my kids got as gifts too that we never even wore. Like there are yes. things in, in bags. Like we use I love these like zip up vacuum yes. bags. Yeah. Them. And like it'll say like three months on it or six months or three years. And I just kinda of open them up for each kid as we go and then pack them away and you know, freeze them for the next or vacuum them for the next baby. But there's things in there that still have tags, things yeah. I would never buff my children, like really, really fancy, like Jacardi outfits that yes. I never would have bought. <laughs> and they grew out of stuff so quickly, they never wore them. So there's things that Dylan, my first got, that even the other three children never even wore. Kind of a waste, but anyway. And that stuff, I'll so I also those. drop my stuff off at OUAC. So if there's something that just, you know, a pair of shoes that were super cute but never fit Elliot yeah. or we didn't get a lot of use out of because uh, it was too fancy, I drop it off, get a little bit of money from OUAC mm-hmm. and it's awesome. But you could be using it for the next children. It, yeah, but it, I don't know. For some reason, there's just certain things that you think are cute, like yeah. the Jacardi yeah. polo shirt and for whatever reason, you just never put it on them. Yeah. Yes. And it, I find in a lot of Toronto houses, our house is cozy. We just don't have a lot of space. Same with us. That's and why I love the vacuum bags. stresses me out. Yes. So Yeah. Pass There's it something good. Exactly. Yeah. I think it's interesting. I think I just like, I think I did a post or I wrote an article recently about the the black market, the mommy black market, which is the porch pickup, $5. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're all envelope. about the porch pickup. <laughs> I'm all about the porch pickup because I think it's an amazing commerce system where yeah. moms are just saying like, hey, we're going to upcycle or reuse and I'm so about my carbon footprint right now. I know I'm like a little bit late to the game and I'm like a senior millennial or whatever, geriatric millennial, you know, but like <laughs> these younger millennial moms, like 
they will not like they are very concerned about their urban like their carbon footprint and they they do everything in their families to reduce waste and i'm like mm-hmm. i'm like there but i'm not it's not my it's not my fight song but i want it to be part of my family ethos mm-hmm. so i'm very interested in like buying and selling and giving and using and like using the shared economy to say like let's support one another you know like in our new house i got i sold my um my um ikea high chair mm-hmm. which is like oh when i first got it, i was like this is 20 bucks in the best high chair ever until you trip on it 50 times a day <laughs> and i'm like so happy to get it out of my family and then someone was selling one of those claw high chairs mm-hmm. that, like you claw onto your island yeah the lobster chair and in our new house that we just got last week, it's a game changer. Like my house looks so clean and amazing because I have, yeah. you know, our bar now has like the lobster chair at the yeah. end of it. I'm like, this looks amazing. And how did I not have this sooner? Yeah. So you get to innovate and also try different things with different kids. Yeah. So yeah, it does awesome. feel very satisfying for a second. I love the little Ikea natural wood beach crib. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um. So found it and a mattress on Kijiji for $75. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Like it's it's awesome. just no no package waste. Yeah. E- closer than IKEA to pick it up. Cheaper. Right. It's just win win. Why not? Right. Eh? Yeah. I, like- I also never did like the really fancy crib thing. Like a lot of my friends when we fir- when they first had babies got like the mother Hubbard. You know those crazy. I don't know if they still make those, but they were. I think that company's like, out of business. Many thousands of dollars. I could not. Be- I couldn't believe it. Like we yeah. we spent a couple hundred bucks on our first crib and then used it for three subsequent yeah. children and then gave it to a friend for their child and mm-hmm. two other children after that. So like one crib was used by six different people. That's one of our awesome. I love amazing. that. I love hearing that stuff. Yeah. And furniture is such a polluter. Clothing and furniture are two mm-hmm. of the biggest polluters, right? Yeah, clothing, so, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, yeah. so let's talk about Rate Hub. Why don't you tell all of our listeners, let's start from zero. What is Rate Hub? What do you uh, do for a living? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you did a pretty good job pitching it. So okay. essentially, I, I like to say we're kind of like Expedia, but instead of comparing hotels and flights, we help Canadians find the best deals on their mortgage rates, on their credit cards, insurance products, and then things like checking, savings, and GIC rates. And how did you get into that? What's your background? So it's kind of crazy. At the end of this year, Rate Hub will be alive for 10 years. So what? closing in you on You look it. like you're 10. What do you mean? You have 10 <laughs> years 10 in business. 10 and six months pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> you're like your very youthful face. Uh, thank you. Um, so I started it when I was 25. Very thankful for that because now it means when I'm into child years, I do feel like I can take a little bit of time off and it's possible. So mm-hmm. I'm not totally in over my head at work because I've been working it's on established this. company. Yeah. yeah. The, and I have this amazing leadership team and this amazing management and broader team of people, mm-hmm. which is really the only way you can, you know, get these things done if you're going to take a little bit of time off. So, um, so got started really two ways. So, um, my business partner was a classmate of mine at Queens and he was operating a mortgage brokerage at the time in Toronto, um, and Montreal. He had learned the business from the, the original founder in Calgary and then helped him expand across Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was buying online mortgage leads and spending about $20,000 a month. Um, and so we were out for dinner catching up and he was, he was telling me about this and was, you know, he was saying, I can't believe there aren't more websites selling leads to mortgage brokers. And then at the same time, when I started to investigate the consumer problem, the banks in Canada were still listing posted rates on their websites. So Mm -hmm. you might see a rate that was 4.74% for a five-year fixed Mm -hmm. when the actual best market at the best rate in the market at the time might be Mm 3.24, but the banks wanted you to go into the branch and haggle with them and negotiate. And so that just seemed like illogical to me. Um, so th- those two things came together. You know, James kind of brought the the business case and we knew that there was a market and we could sell these leads. And then I really saw the consumer problem, which just, 
you know, Canadians need more access to education and transparency and information online for financial products. And you're just like, this is a good idea. You don't necessarily come from, you don't come from like a mortgage working background or family or anything. No, new, I always like to say, I knew nothing about the internet back then. (laughs) Um, Air quoting, by the way, internet, (laughs) the WWW. I knew nothing about the the tech industry. So we bootstrapped the company for the first seven years. Bootstrap means you, you paid for it on your own backs and you didn't have any Exactly. And we, I think too, it, it also, I kind of use it to mean we thought, you know, I always say I thought a company needed to earn revenue, pay for its expenses and have profit left over. You know, I, I didn't know about this model of raise a bunch of venture, have this future vision of building a profitable company, but, you know, burn a ton of cash to get there. Mm-hmm. So we operated the business for the first five years in my house because we just couldn't afford it. It's amazing space. though to not have that debt, not to be you know, at the whim of investors and you get to run your own show and not and be call so your stressed. Own shots. Yeah. yeah. And, call your shots and not be yeah. stressed about how much money you owe people. Something nice about not having stakeholders. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So lots of benefits now, but, um, but yeah, that's how it, it came to be. And then eventually you got investors. So yeah, we, we actually went on the dragon stand and pitched the dragons in 2016. Um, and we, we, it was the first time I had pitched the business in about seven years. So you're always nervous kind of putting yourself out there again. And mm-hmm. the dragons gave us amazing feedback. Um, and we, uh, shook a deal on air, but then also realized, you know what, if we're going to raise money, there are, you can get some pretty incredible valuations and, and stuff like that in the technology and, mm-hmm. and venture space. So we ultimately, that kind of inspired us to, to raise around in 2017. Good for you. Yeah. Angel, Canadian angel investors? No, uh, we did U.S. venture capitalists, mm-hmm. um, a group called Elephant, uh, who's been awesome. And they specialize in something called growth equity. So they're looking for companies that have achieved a minimum of $5 million in revenue, their break-even to profitable. And they look at you and say, you've, you've minimized our downside risk that you know, you're going to go out of business. We believe that this is just a going concern. You've got an established business mm-hmm. and we're really going to you know, put the capital into fuel your growth going forward. You don't forward. really start up anymore at that point. You're exactly. already like yeah, established. You're doing company. well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. That's cool. What was the experience like on Dragon's End? Are you it allowed was, to talk about that even? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like consult my lawyers? Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, Some kind no, of contract? It, was, it was really great. Uh, I ended up filming last in the day. So they have you in the studio all day. And I am the type of person, I get really nervous. I don't seem as though I'm nervous when I get on stage or, or that sort of thing. I don't show it, but I was dying inside all day. I was also pregnant, but in my first trimester with my first son. So like my pants were undone all day and like, <laughs> I'm just trying to like hide everything. Um, but it ended up going really well, which was great. And, and the challenge is you kind of sign away your rights. So before you go on, you say, no matter what happens, you can decide if you want to put this live. And so you know, there is a chance that the judges give you really negative feedback and then you've just put your business in this negative showcase on air. Right. Um, so I had, I had done a lot of practicing, you know, if they, if they gave me a lot of negative feedback, how could I, you know, be respectful, not defensive, but give a good kind of closing line for rate hub. Mm-hmm. Um, but it ended up going really well. So That's we were amazing. really happy with the exposure. Yeah. yeah. Great. And then and then investors probably knew more about you anyway. And, yes, and, and they decided, and that's the other thing, you don't know if they're going to air it. Yeah. But they decided, we did get a lot of interest from the Dragons and there were sort of some competing offers. So they d- they thought it was you know going to be entertaining and, and they, they did air it cool. on the opener, which was fun. Hmm. I would think that any of the ones that actually get filmed do go live. They film a ton and then, I, I don't know what the ratios are, but you know maybe it's one in five or one in hmm. 10. Even if they make a deal. 
Uh, I guess it's pro- still to be Okay, that's fair. Probably yeah. more likely if they make a deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess that's be still entertaining if it's boring. Yes. TV still. Exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. That's amazing. That's, that's awesome. So cool. And then you left it and you were like, eh, we could do better. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So what's the difference between Ratehab Inc. and Ratehab.ca? Because when you're the co-founder of and when you're the CEO of. Great question. Sorry, I read your bio. And I, <laughs> I never read bios. So. And she read it out loud on uh, air yeah. like five minutes ago. <laughs> and it's a little bit confusing. If you missed that. Yeah, I so, was like, wait a minute. What's the difference? So, uh, when we, so when we first launched, we were a mortgage rate comparison website. And then in 2014, so James, who had the original idea for Ratehab, he had always been an investor, sat on the board, and was an amazing advisor and sounding board. Um, and so when we got to the end of 2014, 2014, we had grown to be the biggest mortgage lead gen company in Canada. He was still operating in an independent brokerage and said, wait a minute, I know, you know, we're taking all these Ratehub leads, turning it into all this revenue, but Ratehub really owns the customer. We could do an amazing experience together. So at that point, he decided to come on operationally and he built out a second division of the company, which we call Canwise Financial. Mm -hmm. And so Canwise is a mortgage brokerage that uh, lists on Ratehub and, and takes a lot of the leads and then actually closes mortgages. So cool. we we call the company that sits over top Ratehub Inc. and um, we're both co-founders of that. And then he runs Canwise and I run Ratehub.ca. So he's running the brokerage and I'm running the consumer facing website. Cool. And I'm not going to ask you how you make money because that's not fair. But what you is your can, da- what is your I mean, day you can like? absolutely ask me that. <laughs> you mean like a percentage of the company? yeah depends. Yeah. So our two main models are advertising. So we do have a lot of ads on the website, and then we also sell leads. So that looks a little bit different depending on which of our you know products we're talking about. But in credit cards, for example, if a user discovers us on our site clicks off to TD and fills out an application and gets approved for that card, we earn a fee from TD in that cool. case. Yeah. Sweet. Um, do you know where's my beer? Did you move it somewhere? Yeah, put it out here. Okay, I was like, where the fuck's my beer? the place. You're like flinging your arms and shit. You're Come just, my beer, please. I can't reach yeah. it. Oh, she's Thank like you. so I'm tired sorry. and so sad right I'm now. I'm sorry, I just can't even. I was like, my beer is gone. I'm sorry, and I really want to... Thank you. Oh, I forgot. About I wish I could in. join you. I'll soon buy you. You'll come back again. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that's how. <laughs> Three more so what does a day look like for you, Alyssa? Like, what what's in a day for you? Okay. So, my husband and I are pretty good at splitting, dividing, and conquering. What's so, your son's name? Elliot. Elliot. Okay. So we kind of have a system that. Every, every couple has their own system, but it works really well for us when we define kind of whose morning it is. So every other morning is mine. Every other morning is him, his. So if it's my morning, um, Elliot, as soon as his grow clock comes off, mm-hmm. he'll scream, the sun is up. <laughs> I run down, get him ready for daycare, bring him up, have a have a hug in it for a snug with dad. And then we go off to daycare. I'm really lucky his daycare is walking distance around the corner. So it's super awesome. And meanwhile, and dad is like napping, like still sleeping. He, dad can sleep in. Yeah, he can. It's his. Morning off. Shit's gonna get real in about three months. Yeah. (laughs) We know it's gonna hit us harder because we do a lot of trading off. Um, So we get those little breaks and stuff like that. Um, And then I'll Mm -hmm. usually hop in an Uber and head to work. Um, So I usually get into the office anytime between 8.30 and 9.30, just depending on the morning. Um, And then a lot of just different meetings with my leadership team or we have... um, they're called business unit managers that run each of the product lines. So there's a business unit manager for insurance, for credit cards, et cetera. Uh, spend a lot of time with with uh, those leaders as well. Um, are you putting up fires all day? Are you innovating? Not, Is yeah, it like operational good, stuff? Good mix of a little bit of everything. 
Yeah. And it, it definitely varies. Sometimes I'll go through periods where I ask myself, what do I do anymore? I have nothing to do. And then the next week I'm diving into projects to help out or push partnerships forward or, you know, raise, raise the company's public profile and, um, set goals, just steer the ship and, and that sort of thing. And the mornings when your husband takes the reins, yeah. what do you do? <laughs> So the challenge is Elliot really does love morning snuggles with his mom. So, and I'm a bit of an, I usually go to bed earlier than my husband. So, um, I'll, I'll usually get a good morning snuggle in and then just get into work a little bit earlier mm-hmm. on those days. No sleeping until 10 o'clock. So you're always on basically. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't know. I find like I have a very reasonable balance for, you know, I, I do, I love what I do. It's very fulfilling. It's high paced, but it's manageable. Um, I think, and then when I reflect on, you know, why, why that is, I think it's a couple of things. One, the 10 years, right. That my first five years were absolutely insane with the, and the first two to three, I literally did nothing else. Mm -hmm. Um, I also think I have no, all, all virtually no travel for work. So that really, I do really empathize with moms or dads that need to be on the road all the time. It just, it's very different. So I I built kid crew to be you know, a couple minute bike ride and three minute drive. Like it's so close. It's so, you yeah. know, my Austin still has naps here, walks to kid crew, hangs out with me for a bit and then walks back home. Like, yes, that is, it's, it's amazing it's, to not be sitting in traffic or exactly. I, the, I'm a go or 10 a GT, to 12 whatever. minute commute. And those things are big. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I also, we have, I'm, I've always been super comfortable accepting help. So good. Um, with both babies I've had a, or with one baby and I will have a night nurse, which was, mm-hmm. you know, the only way to get back to work early is to get, get your sleep. sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we have someone now that helps us with cooking and laundry and grocery shopping and yeah. cleaning and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I mean, I would say every single CEO that we've had in here for sure has needs support in order to be the CEO of their company. Yeah. It's the reality of the there's game. There's only so many hours in the day. And right. there's still things I, I still like to host a dinner party on a Thursday. Mm-hmm. And so the only way that happens is if somebody else hosts it and mm-hmm. I get to, you know, open my home and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But somebody else is, is helping me with those sorts of things. So love it. That's great. You're planning on taking a mat leave? It sounded like a Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm going to take about four months off, but I do it over 12. So I'll go dark for about three weeks. Mm-hmm. And then um, October, November, I go back two days. And then um, December, Jan, Feb, I'm three days. And then I go four days till September. So that I, I essentially did that last time. It feels very... I'm much less stressed about it this time because I know it works. Mm-hmm. I found last time that a lot of people... because. I think what's amazing in Canada, so many people were fortunate enough that they got to take the year to 18 months, mm-hmm. yeah. but there's fewer examples of people going back early. And so when they hear yes. that you're going back, they're like, you're never going to be able to do that. That's crazy. Right. Um, and, but, but they haven't necessarily seen models where there's support and a night nurse and, and mo- my mom trains to Toronto when I go back part time and yeah. all of these things. So now I feel um, less stressed knowing that last time really worked for me. I, I'm excited. Hmm. Awesome. You'd rather go back sooner rather than like taking a six months or nine months or yes. a year or whatever. I mean, truthfully, nine like nine months isn't really an option for just for it to work for the business. But I would rather do four months over a year than do four months all at once because you know your baby just keeps getting more and more interesting, and you don't want to miss 
Yeah. Like, yeah. What do I bring your baby to work? Thought about it. And I think actually one of, so one of my business partners, Lauren has been on the podcast before and we used to share, Lauren Ha, Lauren Ha, we used to share an office and we had this vision of, um, having a daycare in the, I, I laugh now having a daycare in the office and uh, some of my employees will still say, remember, haha, that's the room. Remember and that? I, was, I talk about that all the time. That was going to be the, mm. the daycare. Austin still comes to the office with me. Like I, I, I have, you know, this, I went back to work. I was seeing patients two weeks later yes. without a night nurse actually. Yes. And, uh, and people would be like, don't you like a baby? I'm like, yeah, he's sleeping in the office. You know, I'm, I'm going to feed him and then I'm going to see you and then I'm going to go back and hang out with him and feed him and I'm going to see the next patient. And they were like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. And it worked and it's, he's almost two and I'm still doing the same damn thing and yeah. it's mm-hmm. the best thing ever. Yeah. I don't like being at home. I lose my mind. So this is, it, yeah, this works for me. Do so what, I had like you weird, do what, modern mat leave, but what, what came with me. Um, so I think, I think for us, it was just the thought of getting out of the house with the baby was almost more stress and more time than just being able to go in, get all my stuff done, pump, and then come back. Yeah. Um, but that just could be the way my day is set up and the way my day is structured and stuff like that. But it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Now, what um, what's the best mortgage rate out there right now? <laughs> Ooh, you're testing me. I think I'd have to double check my rate. I hub. just closed on my house on Wednesday. So oh, I'm like amazing! I think this. on a five year fixed. Um, in the last couple of weeks, it's been two six four. I mean, it wasn't that low. That's pretty good. Um, so yeah. it's been it's been. What are your What are your thoughts on variable versus fixed? Good question. It's a great question. Um, the statistics tell us that variable beats fixed ninety percent of the time when you look historically. Um, but then I personally went fixed. Uh, mm-hmm. Fixed rates were low. I just wanted to not think about it. And so I did fixed. Um, the way that qualifying works, sometimes you need a, you need a specific rate to, to qualify for a higher mortgage. So it really depends. Some of the more recent advancements that are super interesting in mortgages, it used to be when I got into the business, you know, no matter how much you were putting down or what type of property, there was just a five-year fixed rate. Mm-hmm. Now lenders are a lot more sophisticated. So you might've paid a higher rate because you put 20% down because now yeah. those rates are more expensive because right. the home buyer is not purchasing their own CMHC or mortgage default insurance. So uh-huh. um, that's as those complexities have increased, that's exciting for our website because it's harder for anytime it's harder for consumers to navigate on their own. We can step in and build a tool that helps them Understand. Walk exactly, exactly. I find it's very yeah. challenging, even as somebody I've, I've owned a home or been in the real estate game for almost seven and a half years, almost eight years this this coming year. And the first time I bought a house, I was like, I had no idea. I didn't understand mortgages at all. So the fact you were twenty five, wheeling and dealing in mortgages, <laughs> I think I was twenty five when I bought my first home, and I was like, this is make police. Like it was like, like mob, monopoly money. I didn't understand yeah, it. it is. I brought, yeah, I mean, we brought my dad to, to negotiate. I don't know what the fuck we were well, doing. Yeah. I still don't really understand mortgages, to be honest. We had fixed because my parents are being very conservative. Mm-hmm. They were like, you need to know how much you're going to pay, when you're going to pay it. Yes. You know, as resident at the time, making like yes. nothing. So fine, we did. We did that, and then we bought another home, and we still did fixed, I think, and and then now we're in our current home, and we went variable because we have read all these stats, and it was better, yeah, and at the time, variable is. was reasonable, but now everyone's like, you know, I think always in history, people are like, oh, mortgage rates are going to rise, and you yeah. got to walk in, and, and we haven't yet. We're fine, but but, yeah. but you shouldn't. But it has it's, gone up gone up a little bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. but that's that's okay. You're still probably uh, better off in, in variable, but no, it is... It is overwhelming. And the challenge with mortgages is it's something that you usually, you know, you might renew once every five years. You might move once every five years. That's even a lot. So, you know, it's, it's a lot to ask Canadians to, hey, learn up and read 
everything you can on this thing you're going to do once that's really huge and then you're never going right. to think about it. The hugest. The hugest. And then you're never going to think about it about it again. So, right. you know, we've, I always, I have my, my kind of attitude and approach to management or teaching or anything is like, anyone can learn anything. It's so easy. We just need to teach and talk about it. Um, but something I think is we've been trying to digitize more and more of the process is really, there is no one size fits all option. Some right. people are going to be those, you know, people that want to get in the weeds and understand every, all the ins and outs of their mortgages. And some people are just going to want to talk to a really awesome agent that they trust that can help them make the decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've, we've built our product and our, our services to, to tailor to multiple different types. I of, feel like m- most people are probably the latter. I feel like most people don't care, don't want to know, yes. don't have the wherewithal to understand it. They don't give a shit. Of homeownership. Yeah. Like I yeah. just, I mean, that's, yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm so not minded that way. Like, it, yes. Yeah. Someone tell me what's better, but I think that's why people hire agents or, you know, brokers yeah. or, yeah. to, or, or they tell their, so or they ask their family members or something. Do you, do you cut up the mortgage? broker can someone basically buy a fixed mortgage through you as well well we launched i mean we that's why we launched canwise because canwise is a team of i think 50 to 60 mortgage brokers now across canada so Mm -hmm. that's the side of the business that james runs so um oftentimes we are connecting to um direct to lenders and banks but canadians still aren't ready to go online and buy a mortgage without speaking with anyone right Mm -hmm. it's you know in especially in in places Mm -hmm. like toronto it's a massive transaction. You might mm-hmm. be taking on a six hundred to one and a half million dollar to you know who knows how mm-hmm. big. Uh, you want to talk to somebody, mm-hmm. so it's more about that perfect combination of kind of technology research, and then h- how can we leverage technology to make the process fast and seamless? But ultimately, you want we need the best mortgage agents giving you the best advice to make yeah. you feel confident. Ugh. Did you always want to be a business owner? Were you, were you financially minded like growing uh, up? That's a good. Question. When you closed your eyes. Were you like, yes, I'm going to run a mortgage no. <laughs> website? Uh, it's no. not the sexiest thing on the planet, but um, I. Do you want a pillow? No, no, no. I'm, okay. I'm great. Um, I, yeah, I think I, for most of my life, I wanted to be a teacher, and I ultimately, I, event, I did apply to teachers' college at one point, but. Um, I loved maths and sciences and my dad was a chemical engineer and did his MBA at Queens. And so he really coached me and said, you know, I loved sciences when I was in high school, but in university, it's quite a bit different and you're going to be spending a ton of time in labs. And, you know, I, he really encouraged me. I loved my MBA. Why don't you think about that? So I get, and then my older brother, some of his friends had studied commerce at Queens and spoke really highly of the program. And so that's kind of what drove me that way. Um, while I was in my undergrad, I did a few entrepreneurial things. So I was a TA for a few classes and then I launched kind of this course compare pro or this, uh, sorry, this course cram program where I taught people statistics in two days and charged them tuition. And that still is like the the most money I've ever made per hour spent in my career. Um, And then that summer, the summer after I graduated, I launched a business camp to help teach kids about entrepreneurship in grades uh, four to eight. Mm -hmm. So I I did sort of have this lemonade stance. (laughs) Yeah. There were chocolate bar drive. Yes. It was called break into business. So much fun. And like the cutest little businesses, they would come to camp and the whole week was centered around them creating an idea, forming teams, you know, developing a name and a logo and then ultimately launching, That's running so the businesses and splitting so, so the profits. You, all, you are always very business minded. Like you were a little entrepreneur in like undergrad. I guess I, I, I would say I was strong at 
coming up with ideas and then just believing that I could do them and then executing and then, and then following through an execution yeah. and then that builds your confidence, yeah. taking something from idea through to close. And then, you know, even the business camp, we, you I think, you did yeah, it. my business yeah. partner and I, at the end of uh, the summer, we each made $4,000 and hmm. that was, but we, from nothing, we went and taught workshops at school and got kids to sign up for this camp that didn't exist. Like mm-hmm. that's kind of crazy. Um, and then after graduating, I was a strategy. I went into strategy consulting for two years, was learning so much, but I just didn't have that same spark or fire for it. And that's when I thought about, okay, maybe I want to go back to teacher's college and run my business camp on the side. And around that time was when I caught up with my friend from university mm-hmm. and he mentioned the, the rate comparison website. So and I've always been, I don't know if impulsive is the right word, but I'll just take leaps of faith. So off of a conversation, you know, decided to leave work, apply for teacher's college, write the business plan, move to Hawaii for two months, and then just came back and was like, okay, well, I'm just going to launch this business in my house. Or surfer, and, right? Or something like that, right? Yeah. I wanted yeah. to learn to kite surf and kite surf, just it. take a break and yeah. came back and just said, okay, I'm going to launch this business for my house. and sort of went for it. Alyssa, do you think things would have looked very different for you if you would have started the business or any business while being a mom? What do you think that would have looked like? Oh, have you had any good. business innovation ideas since you've become a mom also? Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's a good question. Um, I don't know. Maybe, you know, maybe it would have been a little more integrated into my life. And so I would have run it from home and, and watched my baby while I ran the business or, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not 100. What if the sure. business would be different? Like, mm-hmm. like I think that's what you're saying, right? Yeah, maybe maybe it'd be a more kid related business. Or yeah, a, a solution or something. to parenting that maybe you've discovered. Yeah, definitely. Hmm. Does that camp still exist? I feel like my kids would love that. Okay, so great question. Okay. So my so was I did it with my best friend in university. She ended up. Uh, she worked in consulting, did her MBA at Harvard, moved to Atlanta, and she runs it in Atlanta now. So if oh, you look up so cool. break if, if you look up break into business, uh-huh. um, you can find it online. But it's in Atlanta, but it's in Atlanta. What but about it was Toronto. Can we have a Toronto location? An amazing camp. I My have, kids are so into entrepreneurship stuff and, already. And it was They're all about making money. And yeah. why do you want money? Because I want to buy my own things. I'm like, but I can buy you things. You can get an allowance. No, no, I want to make my own money. Yeah, like it was like so, Ryan is making like bracelets and like yes, selling them. And, yes, yeah. I know. So Coach and, youth. Pe- Young people to launch real business. This is so cute. I Every day we raise the stakes for entrepreneurs, teach them the ropes, and watch them flourish. Since 2013, we've coached over a thousand young people, launched over 250 profitable business, earning over twenty thousand dollars in real profit. Look at these kids. I and like my the kids. photos love of these kids. If you saw like the photos, the photos are amazing. This, this is one amazing. like one of my favorite stories from that There's time. There's an accelerator. Yeah, there's oh a pitch den <laughs> for four grade fours. That's amazing. Pitch. It's like Dill. Like Dill's in grade three. I can. He'd be you like so into pitching. Yeah. and he'd love it. So sometimes kids come into the camp and they have no ideas and they think of things at camp. But some come in with you know here's my candle business or my yes. bracelet business yeah. and I want to kind of formalize it and yeah. learn. And so we do a lot of teaching around. <laughs> The shrimp tank. Yeah. The shark tank. Are you dying? I'm dying. Guys, you got to check this out. Break into I think it'd be really cute too for kids of parents that are entrepreneurs, right? Yes. And they watch their parents yeah. do all these things. Like my kids, my, the big ones are always asking to like help me with taxes. I'm using air quotes or like yes. help me put my like tax binder together or you know, yeah. am I, you know, it's great can I help you, Can I watch you write, write a check? Like they're learning all these like businessy things. Yes. They would love that. Yes. Amazing. Yeah. Someone no, I have ambitions of if I had more time, I would love to run it. And I think Toronto would be so supportive. Yeah. Um, 
So I, yeah, I often. So I'm putting I, that in the and putting that out there. Someone the create this for my children, please, <laughs> and others. Or speak to your partner and bring it to Toronto. That's mm. like a chapter type. That's a yeah, great, no, for sure. It yeah. just. I mean, that's definitely what I've learned, whether it's a project within the business or a new business, it just needs a dedicated resource and leader that's mm-hmm. going to have the energy to take it from it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, one of my, so one of my favorite stories from my first year running the business camp, my, my group ran the wild, wild west hoedown, throwdown barbecue. And they said they were really, one girl was really into animals. And so they wanted to rent a mini pony for this barbecue. And so I like, I never wanted to stifle the kids. So I was like, if you get that mini pony, you can bring it to campus because we'd run the businesses at Queens. Um, so she ended up connecting with the supplier. This mini <laughs> pony came down from <laughs> Ottawa to Kingston and <laughs> we showed up on campus. The like We hadn't figured out parent volunteers. So I'd you know, dr- driven these barbecues into campus to run the barbecue. There was a guy in grade six manning the barbecue, just like, <laughs> you know, the sketchy stuff that only Lisa, happens your first that. time round. Yeah. And all I remember is this mini pony eating the cheeseburgers <laughs> off of the table. And I was like, oh my God, if health and safety, goes, like there's just all of the things oh that God. are wrong with I this. I a permit to have a mini pony on campus. You oh, probably do. So. Yeah. You probably like, do. I don't know. I didn't a have mini one. pony is what? Is that a donkey? Or is that just no, a mini it's a miniature yeah, like pony. If it's you a mini- horse that's small. But right? if you look it's on a my smaller face- than pony pony. Oh, no, if you look, look on my Facebook, like you can see a picture of this mini pony because it was hilarious. Oh my god! Um, but we like we had this director. Uh, his name is Peter Kissick of the Commerce Program at the time, and he, I myself and my best friend we'd always be pitching in these crazy ideas, and he was just so supportive. Like, yeah, you can start a kids camp and run it out of the mm. business school. Why not? Like, he right. was just. It's so easy for so many people to say no and he was one of those people that instead of saying no wanted well, it was a good idea though too yeah it wasn't a stupid idea yeah it was good I love yeah that. that's really cute what are like the what's your favorite like parenting hack that you've come up with so far in your two and a half years of parenting my favorite parenting hack i think it's probably this just divide and conquer strategy oh, and like yeah really lay it out so that like my husband and i just don't argue at six you know if if Elliot wakes up at six in the morning and you're just exhausted and you don't want to get out of bed we're just not bickering about it because we've just babe you're yeah 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 um my husband just does all the toddler mornings is that how you have you just like divvy up that way like legit he's on Elias and I'm on Essa and that's it yeah and I think that happens a lot like once baby comes it seems like dad's on toddler Mm -hmm. mom's on baby feedings you know and then I just miss my toddler every minute and every time I see him I'm like you are perfect make out with me I'm obsessed (laughs) with you sleep with me I like want to kiss Elias on the mouth all the time I like want to kiss my kid deeply on the lips exactly I don't know I I always say that I'm like you're the love of my life love of my life (laughs) it's obscene how much we love our sons oh my god it is we're so fucked it's crazy oh god i know if when i read any of those articles that's like to the woman who's gonna marry my son i'm just like (laughs) (laughs) my only hope is that my 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 daughter-in-law or son-in-law will like like me like yeah because if i'm disliked then that's it oh that sucks that's gonna suck that's gonna suck Um, yeah one of my one of my good friends, uh, she's really close with her sister. Her first was a girl, um, and she just always assumed she'd have two girls. And when she found out she was having a boy, she just she almost couldn't picture it. And literally, like I got a text from her the the third day that he was alive, and she said like. I know his wife will already not love him as much as I do. (laughs) (laughs) Three days in. Three days in. (laughs) Oh my God. 
You know, it's so funny when you close your eyes and all these hopes and dreams you have for your kids. Like, you have no idea who these fuckers are going to be, right? No. Our parents could never have pictured what we were going to turn into or our dynamics with our siblings or whatever. Yeah. That's I wonder if they be. could, though. I wonder, like, it, it, you know, I wonder if you if think about Elias now, it. like, could you sort of kind of picture what it would be like a 10-year-old or 15-year-old or 20-year-old? I feel like now I'm at a point where I kind of can. Kids, yeah. And because I know, like, Dylan was who he was and now he is what he is when he's eight, I think I could look even younger, like, look at Austin now at, at right. one and, and be like, I think you're kind of going to be like this and this and this and I don't know if it's going to be right or wrong or whatever uh-huh. and I kind of journal tons of it to look back and be like yeah I totally did predict that you'd be like this kind of kid right, right? Uh-huh. Um, but yeah I, I don't know if you guys found this but with my second I now can't imagine him being different than my first yes. it's like well oh but they're be very different and, yeah. and yeah, I they're and, so different different children. and rationally I know that and everybody says that but it, I'm like, well, he's, I can't imagine him looking any different. How yeah. would he have a different temperament? Yeah. Um, but I, I think it'll be amazing to discover that and to see. So. Yeah, it was funny. When I had my second, when I was when I delivered Essa, she came out and I looked at her and I didn't even check her gender because I just assumed it was a boy. And my mom was like, is it a boy or a girl? Like she was right next to me. I was like, I don't know. And her labia was so swollen. I couldn't tell, <laughs> which is the joke. And that thing might, like my first thought was like, ma, you're not as cute as Elias, but I guess I'll have to love you anyway. <laughs> that was my first thought when I met my daughter. And now she's like, gorgeous like I think she's the most yummy I think she's an earth angel like literally an earth <laughs> angel so I think she's the most amazing when, when Jay was born too we looked at him and I was like he's not that cute who Jason my third he's the cutest he's my, my I'm cutest sorry kid. he's, he's my cutest kid he's so so cute but and, and do you remember that I was like he's kind of not so cute <laughs> how many years between your children uh, so my kids are eight, six, four, and almost two. So they're like two issues two. apart. A little bit less than two, a little bit less than two, a little bit more than two. Okay. And how yeah. old were you when you had your last? Uh, 34. 34. Oh, yeah. so, so you started early. Yeah. 27, that's, 29, 31, 34. Oh, that's 34. so awesome because yeah. I feel behind. So the, I'm like the opposite of you in a way. Like I wonder right. how my life, I mean, but my business is now uh, almost like two and a half years old or whatever. And before then I did peds. Like I, yeah. I didn't have my own business, but I was still practicing. Um, but yeah, I wonder how... It, it might it would be so different and so amazing in so many ways too to like start have a business like a successful yeah. business for like 10 years like and then have the family it's yeah. it's got to be very 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 different in like good the, ways and bad ways too yeah because then maybe yeah. you've into you know taking your son to work and because you, you just set it up like that from scratch and from day one um whereas for me you know the environment's was a certain way, so then it's hard to say like, "Hey guys, now you, know. you can do whatever you want." You're CEO. Yeah, I, I, I do think though you need to lead by example. Like, I think you can either look at it like, "Well, you're you're the CEO, you can do what you want," or you can mm-hmm. look at it like, "If this is your company, yeah. and 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 you can't act a certain way, then how can you expect?" I, f- I feel like my the people that work for me and my patients think I'm the most hardcore mom ever mm-hmm. because I, I wasn't just like I didn't bring him to work and just hang out with them. I was like. You're sleeping perfect. Let's go work. Yeah. You know? Um, no, I think it was actually like really hardcore um, taking him to work versus taking months off and yeah. being at home, right? I, I, I mean, not even in the context of um, parenting, just like vacations, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, some people say like, oh, well, why don't you take the summer off or why don't you do this? Oh, yeah. No, but I, 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 get but that I you do don't. think about leading by example. Mm-hmm. You yes. know, if, if, if I do something, it's got to make sense for the business, it's got to make sense for my team. Yeah. And Absolutely. And, and I don't know many entrepreneurs, especially like, Youngish, newish kind of businesses, you know, until they're you know very old. Though I mean, ten years is like you've got a very what? successful, long, la- long lasting business. But um, <coughs> most entrepreneurs, me. I don't think a lot of entrepreneurs would say to other uh, other entrepreneurs, "Are you going to take the summer off?" Yeah, you know, like that's that's a lot of people would look 
in and see a successful business and be like, what do you mean you're working? Why are you working every day? Why don't you take a three-year mat leave? Yeah. But another entrepreneur would be like, oh, I totally get that you're going back to work after a couple yeah. months. Like, we and totally I, understand that. And I would that. say you would fall into the category of a tech business. And if you're out of tech for five seconds, uh, you yeah. are now antiquated. You yeah, have to anything everything. high growth just yes. is going to require feet on the driving ground. hard. Yeah, yeah. and feet mm-hmm. on the can't ground. step out. Exactly. Yeah. That's awesome. Is your husband a business person? Oh, good question. So he, great question. He started his own business about a year and a half ago. Um, before that was working uh, as a director at a integrated marketing and communications firm. Um, comes from a very entrepreneurial f- uh, family and then has also just seen myself and, and many friends and I think was just really inspired to go for it. And he's doing really awesome. Cool. That's What's awesome. he doing? So he's doing similar business model to Rate Hub on the lead generation side, but mm-hmm. he's launched a site called Course Compare that helps um, people find out kind of what courses and education are available. So he's started really focusing on a lot of the tech boot camps. So, you know, if you want to learn CSS and HTML, mm-hmm. who are all the schools that are offering? What are the reviews? What are the tuitions? Mm-hmm. What what are the course packages and that sort of thing? Awesome. Cool. That's awesome. And what are your hopes for Elliot? When you oh. close your eyes, what do you picture? Um, I guess all the cliche things. I just want him to be, I guess, happy. But I do think happiness comes from finding purpose and, you know, finding something that you're passionate about. So I think that would be it. And then I think I am, you know, on the personal finance side, I spend a lot of time thinking about it. So um, I just want him to be able to pay for the lifestyle that makes him happy. So that doesn't need to be a crazy lifestyle. Mm -hmm. I just want him to be able to pay his bills, put something in savings and, you know, live life. Yeah. I was thinking about Lauren Ha, like, I kind of like say to myself, okay, Liz, when you grow up, you're going to paint fences, you know? Yeah. And then like drop out of school and go travel a bit and then do something and then become a tech CEO. And yeah. Be fine by me, you know? It's okay if it takes you 12 years to get my there. My goal is know? not for my kids to drop out of school. I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm just like saying, yeah. like, I, I'm just picturing this trajectory where like yes. fiercely entrepreneurial and then ends up doing something amazing. But right. like the path is not straight and narrow at all. So do you see your kids becoming entrepreneurs? 100 percent. I think yeah. it's one I think I think it's genetic to some degree. I yeah. think my parents are entrepreneurs. My dad is, my brother is, we're all right. entrepreneurial. Yeah. yeah. Not not always successful in everything they touch, but fiercely, you know, great big ideas and executors. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, absolutely. I think like I think entrepreneurship is something that can be a learned skill, one hundred percent. But I do think there's something to be said when it's like in your family, it's role modeled. Yeah. No, I have zero. I have zero entrepreneurs in my family. Truly zero. Hey, Andrew, is there anyone in entrepreneurs? My family, no one. No. no one. My parents have always worked for people. My, my parents worked for the government. Uh, my eldest brother works for the government. My second brother is a physician, works in a hospital. Yeah. My younger brother works for a corporation. Yeah, no one in my family is an entrepreneur. I think like my parents just always, or my family, my, my grandfather, mm-hmm. like I'm going back like very old. Like my grandfather sold newspapers door to door. My father started his own law firm. You know, mm-hmm. my brother was entrepreneur since he was 14 years old. I was selling chocolate bars from a locker when I was 12, doing lemonade stands, babysitting my whole life. Like mm-hmm. always hustling. Yeah, I was always, it's funny. I, I was always like that too. Like I was very young and making yeah. bracelets and selling them. And right. Know, yeah. All, I always uh, had that drive. I always yeah. wanted to work and yes. Yeah. Loved Baby. money, understood independent yes. freedom. Yes. Understood I was very into money. I was like, yeah. I always wanted my, and my, my dad in particular is very business minded, very yeah. financially savvy. And you know, um, quite frugal and I was paying attention to ads and clipping coupons and taking me grocery shopping and trying the sales. And so I was very much aware of that stuff. He he was an entrepreneur per se, but I was very, I think too was a way to get closer to him and for him, like I I saw him 
um, enjoying spending time with me when I was interested in the financial shit. Like right. he loved me yeah. through, t- like he, t- Dina, he it's taught funny. me. When you talk about your kids wanting to like file taxes with you, yes. the way I had spent time with my fa- my father my whole life yeah. was working with him. Yes. Whatever or not, I was filing or, or yeah. reading his 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 mail or yeah. freaking organizing his desk. Or, it, was a, it was a way for yes. you to show him how much you loved him yes. by being interested and he loved you for being interested. Well, I understood my father also came from a generation where he showed love to his father because my father worked in my father, my grandfather's business, right? right? right. So like at generation like Lador, Vador, generation, generation, I'm sure Elias is going to step up to the plate or my daughter, Essa will sit up to the plate and be like, understand like we roll up our sleeves in our family, you know, yeah. to yeah. support the... But they also yeah. want to be loved, right? right? So they're love. like, yeah. you're like, mommy loves that, therefore I'm going to love that, right? right. Yeah, mommy exactly. enjoys doing her tax binder. <laughs> no, I do not. But I would yeah. love help with it. If you want to, you know, put holes in things and put them in my binder, yeah. cool. So anyway, so I, I watched my dad doing that a lot. Yeah. Elliot says, when I grow up, I'm going to work on a computer. That's what he thinks you do. And he's obsessed with what... Where are you going, Mom? And I'll say a meeting. What is a meeting? And then I'll say, Well, it's a group of people trying to make a decision. Why? British <laughs> accent too. It's, it's so fun when they're in the why phase. Yeah. No one's ever asked you, you know, why is there a meeting? And how do you describe this <laughs> in question, a way? Elliot, that, why is there a meeting? No more meetings. Yeah. Stand ups only. Stand ups yeah. only. But um yeah. I do growing up I learned so much about business, about managing people at the dinner table. My parents just were very open, talked about things a lot. And yeah. so I've realized now how much of an education you give yourself, your your family and your children by what you talk about at, at the at dinner home. table yeah. and what you talk about at home. Yeah. And so they're supposed to like every single day. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And the so first many- language they learn is the one that you as a mother actually like speak to them, right? Yeah. Like that's what they hear. Um, and so things like tax strategy and like I'm <laughs> randomly into that that kind of stuff, but yeah. it's because my dad would talk about it at the, yeah. at the kitchen table. And so, you know, sometimes you often just assume what you know everybody else knows. Um, and, and I realize now I'm like, oh, I, I was definitely exposed to some of that mm-hmm. stuff at home. I definitely don't know what you know. All this mortgage stuff. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, man. Yeah, that's not, man. That's not my uh, Well, it's funny because this house that we just bought and sold was the first time I did a purchase and a sale. Mm-hmm. I've bought a lot of houses and I've sold other people. I've been involved in sales of other people's houses, but not my own. And it's I stressful. Just can't, it's very stressful. Mm-hmm. It's a huge decision. And like it was, it was a stressful process. Now that I'm in my house, I'm like super happy to be there. I feel like I like my shoulders are down, and I'm feeling more chill about stuff. But the process is so stressful. Everything about it, from the mortgage to the, you know, to the movers, is not one thing about moving and like that entire industry. That's crazy. And what I find is interesting about young families in Toronto, especially, is like I don't understand how people afford their lives. That's number one. I do not know. Like people are either getting huge gifts from parents mm-hmm. or, or, or something. Like I think people, statistically that is what it is. Yeah, I think the bank you can't afford to get in without... The bank of mom and dad. The bank right? of yeah. mom and dad, the right. media calls it. Right. Like and how are people getting into the market? Rent and rent and rent. I bought my condo for $210,000 yeah. in Toronto in 2014. Yeah. Does that make sense? Five mm-hmm. years ago? 2013. 2012. 2012. Like yeah. That was like a long time ago. And the only reason I could afford my first house is because I took all of the equity out of my condo and remortgaged yeah. that. So yeah. I was carrying two mortgages and I still carry two mortgages mm-hmm. on my, 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 my investment property and my current house. And the only reason we could afford our current house is because we sold it for $250,000 more than we paid three years ago. So right. like we flipped but up you three got times. In a, you, got a, you, you got, got in, in an a good time, time, right? So right. we bought our first condo in 2011 and it was 100, 2010 and it was what, 150, 155? 255. Oh. In Toronto? I thought we did better than we did. 255 though. I've never even heard yeah, of these prices. Yeah, and it was, it was right? a, a eleven hundred square foot condo. Like it was a decent Where? condo downtown, across the street from Sick Kids. Oh, sick. Like it was, a, it was a great condo and tons of storage. Like it was really, really mm-hmm. great, but in a kind of shitty 
um, building. Like there wasn't like all the crazy amenities, whatever. But I was like, I want to be next to sick is because I was going across yeah. the street, you know, um, uh, for call and for my training. And then we made, I think, something like 80,000. We sold it two years later, mm-hmm. which was like amazing. So that's how we bought our first house. But yeah, I mean, we we didn't have that investment. And that 150,000 or like the, the down payment things, it was like Andrew's bar mitzvah money. Yes. It was like it was my like, life savings. It was my, my life first savings condos. like yeah. until that point. And yeah. I'd worked, you know, all these years in high school yes. and, and saving. We just threw everything and we got married. Bar mitzvah and, money. Yeah, and his bar mitzvah it, was like, money. it was Andrew's bar mitzvah money. Yeah. And the wedding, like the, the money we made from our wedding, yeah. you know, because my parents kind of gifted that to us. They paid for the wedding. We got to keep the money we made from the wedding. And mm-hmm. um, and that was just thrown into the mortgage. Like that was it. And then the next house and then we sold their next house. We, we made quite a bit of money because mm-hmm. of things kept on changing and mm-hmm. that's how we got into this mm-hmm. house. But it's funny. I do think it's interesting because often I lose sight of the fact that like, okay, I own two properties in the city of Toronto. I have like stock in this industry. Like I actually yes. have and there's no other investment I would make. I don't play the stocks. I don't gamble. I don't do anything else. To me, real estate is the only way to go and I think if I would have known better in 2010, if anyone would have, should have, could have, would have, I would have well, bought 10. people still say you should buy 10 yeah. more houses because things are still going to keep going up and up and up. Of course. But who, who yeah, I mean, not a lot of people have money to buy more houses. Of course houses, not. Right? I mean, it's just a lot of work. I mean, as you know, like renting it out, etc. You know, I'm not it's scared a, of stupid, bad work. You know, I'm working stupidly. <laughs> I don't work smart. I work hard. I work sometimes stupid. Yeah, but yeah. it's a lot of work having investment properties. Yeah, right? absolutely. I know a lot of physicians that buy investment properties and but they, they can't rent them out or whatever, it's but it's, not it's a ton of freaking work. Yeah. Yeah. It is That's active. Right. It's very active. Yeah. Um, if you have one bad tenant or freaking, you know, anything a flood you know mold well one of the things that's so interesting to anything. me is how many women i know who are completely financially illiterate like they might be a, managing a lot of the dads bills that are financially illiterate as Pardon? well i think there's a lot of people that are financially people. illiterate. Okay, this generation of people who are just mm-hmm. financially illiterate and they might be managing the bills but they're not actually understanding like anything like mm-hmm. like how much uh, like well who taught them that's the thing right i mean right i think what, you what need to have role models costs, for that you know? too. you need to role models for that right yeah. and, and if you've financially savvy parents awesome and if you don't like you know, mm. you're already starting off on not the best foot and then mm. if no one teaches you and you don't want I, to learn or know how to learn or who's going to teach them. Mm-hmm. I also think in many cases, you know, our parents came from a different era. So yes. um, both of my parents have defined benefit pension plans, which is amazing. And they know how fortunate they are, but those were a thing that existed back then. And so there was less requirement to save for retirement and think about your own financial plan but right. th- you know those are becoming more and more rare um, and things are changing significantly and so the burden of educating and creating your own plan is is now on us as individuals and i think what's interesting is there are like a whole toronto as an example a lot of people are th- that generation some a lot of people of that generation who didn't work in tra- traditional jobs i'm talking about like first immig- first uh for newcomers to yeah. canada are now cashing in on their homes because yes. they had no retirement savings and their home that they paid $80,000 for in 1975, they're now it's selling a for yep. a million bucks, right? And those people in that sweet spot are those little houses, you know, yes. east, west, and north who are like just rolling in it and people who have big sets of bricks in the city can't get 2.5 million, but people with little tiny are getting like 1.8, no problem, you know? So it's very interesting to see how that's going. Yeah, but it people is- who want to break into the market can't. Like people are going to probably rent for life, I would say a lot of young families. Yeah, I think it's um, like unless, you know, you've got two young professionals earning really well, yes. um, you're looking at a long commute into the city that's or right. renting. Or someone has to give you some money. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Or move away. Like people are just moving yes. out of the city entirely. Yes. And picking a different lifestyle, which I think by the way is quite appealing to me. I don't know why right now I'm feeling this like this yearning to move out of the city. 
I think we've had, we've actually interviewed a few people who are like, I would say serious mom bosses that we've spoken to who like surprisingly like do not live in Toronto and run their entire business here. And they only come in two or three days a week, but they live in Lindsay or Ottawa or Grimsby or rural communities of Ontario because they've decided to like leave the grind of Toronto and like Mm -hmm. living a different pace and a different lifestyle, which I think is just commendable. And I think to me, like, I'm not sure you feel this way, but I felt so much of my identity was wrapped up in like being a Torontonian, you know, mm. like the Raptors winning, like mm-hmm. all these, like I'm a six girl. I'm like the four and six girl. We had to be near the subway, mm-hmm. you know? And now I'm like this mom who like, we don't go out that often anymore. Mm-hmm. We probably go out more than the average Joe anyways, yes. but we yeah. still like, I don't know. I don't feel like we're always like reaping the benefits of living in the Toronto. I can't, I can't imagine living it's, in a less busy city. I'm, I'm like a move to LA or New York City kind of person. Yeah, it's not nearly busy enough for me. I like, yeah, I like chaos. I uh, I'm not. I'm probably right smack dab in the middle of, of you guys. Yeah. I I grew up in Kingston, so it was cool. a slower pace. But I find Toronto very manageable. I also I'm a super social person, so I. If I moved out to Caledon or, or somewhere, I'm like, who would I talk to? Who would yeah. I see? Yeah. Um, yeah, the Starbucks appeal. Yeah, I don't know why. So I and I find Toronto manageable when mm-hmm. you live close to your work and you just have to set it up in the right yeah. way. Yeah, because um, I find sometimes people come to visit the city and it happens to be, be the Scotiabank Marathon and they'll right. say, how? Oh my gosh, how do you mm-hmm. live here? But right. I just would never drive on the day. Yeah, of the I just Scotia- don't do that. I just don't yeah. do that. I just yeah. know where I follow it or you know the route or you right. know what time to drive and so you make it. Yeah, you make it more manageable. I also love that the airport's so close. My husband and I have. Um, a vacation rental property in in Florida that we use a lot, and mm-hmm. I don't know. I just love being able to hop on a plane in Toronto, and my cottage is just outside of Kingston. My parents' cottage, but mm-hmm. Where? spend time there. It's in Bath, Ontario, oh, just yeah, outside, of, just outside of Kingston. Yeah. yeah, you must know Bath too, right? Yeah, I grew up in Ottawa. Oh, yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. Um, so yeah, I like. I'm feeling like Toronto might be home forever. Yeah, that's good. My husband grew up in Etobicoke. Mm-hmm. And did you move here because business was bigger here? Yeah, everybody. I mean, you sort of gra- if you gra- study business, ninety plus percent of your class moves to Toronto, and so mm-hmm. I think that gives you such a great community and the job market. Right, it's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I always knew I'd end up here. Like even when as a kid, I uh, the only I applied to a couple schools for university, but it was like Toronto. I was going to Toronto. Yeah. In my head, Toronto was this big, you know, busy Mecca. place, and that's the only place I ever wanted to go. Uh, like you know, I applied to Kingston. I applied to Ottawa. Those that's all, the only places I applied yeah. for science. And I was like, okay, yeah, going to going to U of T. And then actually, I really really didn't like my U of T undergrad experience at all. Yes, it was yeah, very competitive and aggressive. And like, I actually really, Less really of didn't a like campus it. Campus experience. No, it was it was not fun. And almost all of all of my friends lived at home. And like, yes. people lived in a residency. Yeah. It just was not actually a good experience. And then I went to Mac. And didn't like Hamilton at all. Like I loved Mac and I loved my med school experience, but um, Hamilton was way too quiet for me. Like even yes. quieter than Ottawa. I was like, I get me the fuck out of here. So after three years, uh, I went back to Toronto. Came back to Toronto from residency, and then I was like, oh, I guess I'm gonna stay. Okay, this is okay yeah. now. You know, sick. It's cool. Yeah, but no, th- uh, I but yeah, that- I need I need business and chaos and tons yes. of children and tons of noise and yeah. So I'd be like literally in New York City if if I wanted to work in the states. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, that resonates with me. I loved Queens as a campus and university experience. Great culture. Oh my gosh. It was so amazing. Um, But then I think living, I love Toronto. Mm -hmm. Like it's a, it's a fun place to be. Yeah. That's awesome. And luckily you can go back and forth if you wanted to. Exactly. Things are close enough. Yeah. It's easy. And my, my parents are amazing at not making the distance a big deal. They'll hop on the train. They drive. That makes a difference. That's great too. They're still there, right? Yeah. 
And then my brother, mm-hmm. so my brother runs the business with me as well. He's our CTO and he's, cool. he was in Waterloo and then Toronto. Um, mm-hmm. And then him and his wife, when they had their second kid moved back to Kingston and he runs our and has built up our development team there. So we have almost 20 people. The developers in Kingston? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's great. Yeah. Well, great when it's Kingston. tech stuff, I mean, it's online. You could do it from yeah. anywhere. Yeah. You? And they've, they've now built the team in Kingston. We recruit a lot from um, Queens and mm-hmm. St. Lawrence College. And so there's just great feeder programs. That's great. So that's been awesome. That's amazing. Is there any cool tech that you're aware of that's like, I don't know, revolutionary for kids? Like anything in that space? Do you follow kids tech? related stuff or Mm. parenting tech related stuff? No, I think just some of the um, coding schools and and coding boot camps that have programs for kids, Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. And some of the maker spaces. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Exactly. And some of the maker spaces to just get kids thinking about those things Mm -hmm. earlier. That stuff is totally over my head too. I'm like so not an engineering thinking kind of person. Myself as well. Uh, there was this, uh, we do a lot of personality tests at work and it was testing for kind of your tactile and like even some of my, I, one of my best friends, her and her husband are so handy and my husband and I are so not inclined that way. Like mm. it's just crazy. I'm but, very, I'm very tactily, tactily, tactfully. <laughs> yeah, we'll take uh, it. Whatever. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm very tactile. Yeah. I mean like I, I'm, I'm all about procedures, you know, I'm an emergency yes. doc, so I love doing things with my hands. I love doing procedures. I, I use my hands all day, every day. That's what I do for a living. Um, but, but yeah, I don't know, engineering, that kind of math thought process, like I did okay in those, in those things mm-hmm. I, I had to, to get into school, but uh, not how my brain thinks, like at all. Like mm-hmm. nothing about code excites me. Like I, I do not mm. want to learn code. I just mm. don't want to. I don't care. Someone else smarter than me can do that, or smarter in a different way can do that. But yeah, I, yeah. I think I, I'm very respectful of people that do tech. I think it's a very, it's a just cool. It's cool how people think in such different ways. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And I've read um, different literature that suggests we often find people with the same type of intelligence smart because we can understand it and understand that dimension and the way that they might be smarter than mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think as you mature, you start to have more and more respect for different types of intelligence and ways that brains... And, and I think that's one of the neat things about tech. Whereas in consulting, we all kind of had the exact same type of intelligence. We did the exact same type of work. In technology, we work in such a cross-functional team. So you get to work with creative designers and then talented developers who have engineering backgrounds and business people and marketing people. And when all those people come together, you build something that none of us could have done on our own. Everyone does their thing that they're really, really good at and they bring it together as a team. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That's what's so beautiful about the whole tech startup scene is that it's, it's, it's art. Mm -hmm. Really it is. It's sort of math and science Mm -hmm. together and, and art and art. art And building things, which is just fun. People are tinkerers in this city, you know? Yeah. People love to be the beginner. They love to be innovative. And it's such like an amazing time to watch the tech boom sort of happen. I get a lot of front row for that for my mm. day job. And, and a lot of women too. Like it's, I think you know, people talk so much about how so few women CEOs there are and how fewer women actually get investments. And mm-hmm. so it, it's cool to talk to different people that are in this world and are doing well, you know, doing well. And, yeah. And mom yeah. at the same time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So tell us about your Take us on a journey from your motherhood experience. Was the early first hundred days with your first? Mm. Is it like a, a blurry memory or? It isn't, but I think the night nurse helped with that. Yeah, so, so we had this amazing night nurse who we ended up hiring as our nanny for the first 22 months of Elliot's life because we just connected. So yeah, yeah, we loved her. Um, so that really helped because we were getting sleep. My I would just, 
I, I, for the first few weeks slept on the main floor and my husband slept in our master and I would just like go to bed, get sleep because Cynthia is, takes way better care of me <laughs> in the middle of the night. And then my husband could be so helpful during mm. the day. So I kind of like love, not everybody loves their mm. postpartum experience, which is totally fair. It's overwhelming and many Bad, people aren't yeah. sleeping. Um, I, my milk supply was good. Elliot, my son was a naturally good sleeper night nurse. My mm. mom came. So a lot of support, really fortunate and lucky. That's great. Um, and I, I just, one of the benefits of having your career and having such a successful business already and then having kids. Yeah. You know, just things in terms of like the benefit of doing it that way. Yeah. And just yeah. getting advice from people. I don't know if Heather Payne's been on this, uh, on your show yet, but she, um, runs, she was one of the original founders of ladies learning code and now runs mm-hmm. hacker you. And so she had just been there before and had found this amazing night nurse, uh, company, um, and had sort of just set up the model. And so I just spoke with a lot of people who had done it and asked them what they did and then figured yeah. out what would work for me. Um, I remember being like really hormonal in a great way. Like I would, my husband and I would listen to this sappy uh, channel on Google play and I would like tear up and it mm. felt very much like being in love in high school. Yeah. I think just cause I was pumping hormones. Right. Um, so I kind of loved it. Yeah. It was so nice. I so refreshing. I know. And I'm a very honest person because I like my husband and I went to Florida in October and it was a, my friends, I came back and they're like, how was vacation? I was like, it was actually terrible. Uh, mm-hmm. Elliot didn't sleep. He went through this period where he just decided not to sleep. I was getting four hours of sleep. I turned into this angry person. I tried to body check my husband at one <laughs> point down the hall. Like I will be honest when things are really shitty. Um, postpartum for me just happened to be. You're lucky. That's amazing. I was lucky. I never did the night nurse thing. You didn't either. Did you, Alana? The first time I didn't, I had one lined up and then Elias had a bad latch and the lactation consultant was like, this kid needs to be with you all the time on mm-hmm. your chest. You are mm-hmm. not. I was like, so I called her off um, because like the lactation witch like swooped in and she's like, mm-hmm. you can't have somebody near your child. You have to yeah. be feeding this kid all the time. So when she whooshed out, I was like, okay, no night nurse. Then the second time I'm like, I'm getting a fucking night nurse. Fuck this shit. And then for me, it was just like, mm. she wasn't the best night nurse of all time. And mm-hmm. it was five days and $1,250 later, I was like, I could have done a lot with that money and I think I'm okay. The best part about having that nurse the second time around was just like, um, I think she kind of acted like a lactation consultant. She sort mm-hmm. of like got yeah. me breastfeeding really early, getting yeah. my latch right on. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe I got three hours of stretch, but she wasn't the best. Like I was like, oh, the baby's crying and the night nurse is sleeping. Right. That's your yeah. job. So, you, do, you have to find someone that, you know, has that like insanely nurturing, like feels like, your mom yeah, feels yeah. like a grandma yeah. and it's got to be a two way fit. And mm-hmm. having someone in your house is not for, for everyone right. as well. That's the other thing. Um, yeah. Something I always like to point out on the personal finance side is, um, so my son came in November, mm-hmm. you get the childcare tax credit for the full year. Mm-hmm. So um, in Elliot's first year, my night nurse was totally tax deductible. So mm-hmm. it was essentially depending on your, mar- I got my marginal tax rate back on that spend, which does really help mm. with the, with the finances. So depending on your, so you're talking about like the $7,000 yes. tax break you're getting. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So depending on income levels and that sort of thing, just something to think about. Right. It's interesting. And it's funny because like if you had such a beautiful relationship to the point where like you had that person in your life for basically two years oh. after, that's a really special person, a very special dynamic. Yes. Right. Yes. I've never heard that before ever. So that's remarkable. Yeah. Like my first uh, fed so poorly that I couldn't have passed him off to anyone else. Like uh, I did yeah. feed him all day, every day and all night and every night. And it was um, very stressful. Um, and then when I'm my second, I just thought well, I did it the first time and it was fine and he slept better. And, yeah. you know, I thought I always figured like if I'm going to wake up every three hours and breastfeed or two hours or whatever, I guess it would be beneficial. Someone brought me the baby fed yes. and then took the baby yes. away and have to change the baby and broke the baby and all this kind of stuff. Anyway. But yeah. is it beneficial but enough? Yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. But I, that extra hour of burping and walking and, yeah. and all that stuff and re-swaddling and re-change. Yeah. yeah. It'd probably be, would have been amazing. And like particularly my last kid when I went back to week at two weeks. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Andrew would do some help, but really, I mean, I was one that was breastfeeding, so, yeah, you yeah. know, I, I can't imagine. I, I felt, I, for me, it would have felt weird to, like, breastfeed and pass off to another person to, like, yeah. hang out with my baby, and then for them to bring me back to the baby. It just felt, it doesn't feel right to me. Yeah, and I think, but I think that is, you know, some people you talk to, and they're like, oh, I could never do that, and then some people, then there's people that think they couldn't do it. I, I often recommend if you, if you think you might need it, why not put it in place? And then mm-hmm. if after week one, it's not a fit, you can always, you can very I did expensive. it and I'm just like, mm, you can yeah. always cancel I'm okay it. to be awake right now. It's yeah. really okay. I don't have anything to do tomorrow. My job right. is like, and Matt's like totally on, my husband was totally on toddler duty. So oh. I was like, okay, I want to be, and part of my anxiety when I was pregnant with my second one is I actually had like, I guess like, Prepartum anxiety. Yeah. I don't know, like pregnancy anxiety. I was like, I got to be a great mom for my son and I won't be able to because I'm going to be so tired. And that was part yes. of my thought. Yeah. Yes. And then, like, after having the night nurse, I don't necessarily, I don't know if I would do it again, to be honest. I'm not sure I would hire a night nurse again. It's just like a blip in time, right? Like, maybe yes. I was a shittier mom to my other kids, but like, they don't remember it. And right. it was a couple mm-hmm. of weeks and maybe I was more irritable, but like, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I mean, for me too, I'm, I'm capable. I like sleep. Actually, I like a lot of sleep, but. Maybe having gone through residency or whatever, I can manage Survive. without getting a lot of mm-hmm. sleep. I don't know how I went back to work at two weeks. I actually have no idea. Like that's so <laughs> crazy to me. Yeah. That we were taking care of other kids and I was up every two hours and somehow I was functional enough to like I don't know. I hope no one got patients. hurt. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. like it was I a job. It's a job that like I couldn't miss shit. Like it yeah. was pretty yeah. crazy. I went back to work, but like I felt fine and I felt more alert seeing patients than just sitting at home. I feel like when I'm at home, that's when I feel my shittiest. Yeah. Like if yes. I'm doing and talking and yeah, interacting it gives with you people, the adrenaline and the energy. Totally. Yeah. I think like so many things with motherhood, you have to do what makes you happy. So mm-hmm. we were a family that sleep trained and getting mm-hmm. a lot of sleep was important to us. I cannot function on less than eight hours of sleep. And mm-hmm. some sometimes you'll be talking to moms and they're like, oh, like, should I be sleep training? And I always say like, you only need to do something if it's a problem. Like if you're unhappy, right. if you're angry all the time because you're exhausted and you right. don't want to get up in the middle of the night, then take action. But don't just because someone else is doing something feel right. you need to. Like you set up the things that make you happy. And if you keep making yourself happy and balanced, then you'll be that great mom and you'll be that great wife. But what makes you happy and what makes me happy might be totally different things. Yeah, it's funny. With my Sleep f- makes everybody happy though. It's funny. With my, <laughs> my, my first kid, I was so strict from the time he was six months old until now. Les has never been in my bed like outside of like yeah. bedtime hours. And with my daughter now, she'll like, like she'll like peep and I'm like, oh my yeah. God, you're so cute. Okay, come cuddle. <laughs> I don't know. It's like I'm treating her differently and I didn't think I would. Yeah. And I'm sacrificing a little bit of my sleep for her. 
I don't know. I just like love her so much. And I just like want, I, sometimes I, I, I think, think the bringing baby, I'm just like feeling this like, yeah. And bringing know. baby into bed can be the best way for everyone to get sleep. Like depending right. on what you're comfortable That's with, right. with co-sleeping and that yeah. sort of thing. Like I think if I didn't have a night nurse, I'd a hundred percent be a co-sleeper because right. when I'm dark and foggy, I will just make the easiest decision to get more sleep. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I know I, I, I uh, co-slept all my kids till four months. Like I'd periodically put them in the crib or the yeah. bassinet right next to me, but they were back in, like I was feeding. I wasn't going to like sit up and feed. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Up, go into and a chair and then put them back in the bassinet. Like that wasn't reality. Or, or they wake up a half an hour later, like fuck that. So yeah, yeah. my kids slept next to me until I sleep trained. And then I was like, get the fuck out of my room. Yeah. It's like you're in yeah. your crib and, yeah. I, and but you're going to cry. I, I, that makes sense to me. Like that's how I think you can get some sleep in yes. the in the early days. Yeah. So. I, I had two um, kids this week in my practice. It's only Tuesday. So yesterday, both kids, <laughs> yesterday, um, two 12-month-olds, separate families that came in because they jumped off the bed and they were still co-sleeping at 12 months and these families were happy with that and, you know, but they came in, they were like, I think we're ready to get them in their crib. Yeah. Because they, they jumped both fell off, off the beds. Bed? No, they both fell off beds in the middle of the night. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah, because they're active enough now that they like moved away from the center between the parents. Right. You know, like if that's mm-hmm. happening, it's also maybe a time to get them in their crib. Right. Because there's, there's dangers to that too. Yeah. Oh my God, I can't believe it's Tuesday. I cannot believe it's only Tuesday. It feels like Friday, right? Oh my God. Yeah, this I'm week's a long week. This week to be yeah. over already. Manish, done. Yeah, done. <laughs> Sorry. Um, tell us any advice. Alyssa, our listeners love you. What do you want them to know? It's eight hours of no sleep. No pressure. No pressure. <laughs> I know I'm like, best <laughs> ending. You can see my face right now. I'm so stressed. Yeah. yeah. Um, so stressed. I think it's. I think that my advice, whether it's, this kind of applies to motherhood business life, is to be a little bit more selfish than we naturally are Mm. comfortable being. I like it. Um, Mm. I think the word selfish sounds so negative and so bad and, and, you know, when you read literature, like we as, as women are often worse at it than men Mm. at putting ourselves first. Um, But I think if you can figure out what makes you happy and just get those things in place, you're, you're better at everything. So what's your selfishness then for yourself? I mean, to me, that means self-care. So what does it mean for you? As soon as I hear selfishness, I hear self-care. I don't know why. I feel like self-care too is like catch-all, which is like, be nice to yourself. You're right. Or do something. What does that yeah, mean? Or even really? like, like yeah. I just, I kind of think I'm always, you know, doing things and then figuring out if it, if it works for me. So what I've kind of settled on mm-hmm. is if I miss one bedtime a week, that's sort of my happy place. Mm-hmm. I, that, and that could be doing this pod. I didn't miss this podcast because mm-hmm. God bless you guys. It started at after, after eight because it's run by moms, yeah. which is nice. And um, four children upstairs. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that could be going to an industry event and, and socializing that way. That could be ha- watching The Bachelorette and having dinner with my girlfriends. Mm-hmm. Um, but that kind of, you know, if I do less than that, then I, I miss out socially and, and connecting with my girlfriends. If I do more than that, then I feel like I'm missing out too much at home and my life feels so crazy. So um, yeah, just, or just, you know, being okay with getting a sitter every once in a while and going out for dinner with your husband and, and not feeling guilty, if that's what makes you happy. Mm-hmm. Um, but just figuring out what drives your happiness and then going after it. I can't wait to meet you again in a few months after you have your kid <laughs> and seeing how your life changes. And I think it's, I think it's interesting how with each kid it, changes it the is, game a yeah. bit, right? Do but you? I mean, I have, th- I have four and I feel exactly the same as you. I think f- do what makes you happy, right? If that's exercising, yeah. if that's seeing girlfriends, yes. if that's going to date with your husband, mm-hmm. whatever that yeah. is that if makes you happy, you should do kids- that sometimes, right? 
and I think that we often, especially as moms, give everything to our children. We do everything we think will make us better moms and them happier. But what I think they makes them the happiest it's is seeing us happy. happy. Yeah, exactly. So if, you know, I'm the same as you. Like, I need to go with girlfriends. I need to go on dates with Andrew. I need to work out every day. I need to not be with my kids all day long. Like, yeah, that doesn't make me happy. And and yes, and I I am I'm the same though. Also, being with my kids <laughs> makes me like the most happy. But it's for oh, no, me. It's being that, with my kids makes me happy. Yeah, but, but not, not all day, twenty four seven. Yeah. Like exactly. by Sunday night, I'm like, give me the fuck back to work. Like mm. I love you guys, but I can't do another full day of this. I I said mm. the same thing to my husband. I was like because we were just, we hosted a bunch of people at our cottage, had this like amazing, amazing time. But by the end of, he, Elliot also has decided he doesn't want to sleep outside of our house. Like, oh my God, the week is amazing. Mm. I spend an hour with this well-rested boy. I drop him off and he scoots to daycare. I go to work. I have this awesome day at work with amazing people that energize me. Come home, have dinner with my husband and my son, spend two hours. And then my husband and I put him to bed. He goes off without a peep and mm. then we watch Chernobyl <laughs> and then we get eight hours of sleep and, and I'm good. like this is yeah. the fucking best thing I've ever been a part of right. it's amazing yeah and like I'm happy functioning and things are great yeah there's something the like an hour of only ch- like mm. one child it's yeah, like a okay gold, it's it is a hundred percent one child white yeah. might be okay though once your kids sleep trained again the next one you'll yeah, still have those, you know seven yeah. to eleven or whatever time my friend from Atlanta who's running break into business because I I say this I'm like we recognize that one is like not a joke but very easy for us and she's like yeah my friends all say one is none yeah <laughs> adding I, adding children adds complexity but yeah my my kids they all go to bed at the same time at seven and we're, i'm pretty much without you know children next to me for for hours you know, including right now they're all you know upstairs yeah. sleeping i hope uh you can you can get them on the same schedule yes. but i mean it's obviously added complexity and there's more like you you guys are already good at the divide and conquer thing like that that will will serve you very very well because we're in uh, training we, we live our lives divide and conquer like yeah. we, there's no way to to manage happily otherwise i, I have some friends actually I, sh- I should take that back that do everything as a family all of them and i give them kudos that that wouldn't work for me you know I, I need some time by myself and i need sometimes for andrew to be by himself and then yeah. sometimes we do everything as a family yes yeah that we're, works, that we're, works we're like that we love time together but then we also <laughs> get the pockets um i think it was just what what you said resonated with me of that by sunday night you're excited for the week to start yes. like weekends are spectacular and you get all this quality time but yeah. then tgim uh, yeah. thank god it's yeah. monday but then half with your monday i'm like fuck i miss my kids i know and i'm I like know. work is also hard i totally and then it gets easier through yes you tell about wednesday, wednesday. wednesday. Zone, i'm like i really yeah. really want the weekend yeah. i want some like more time yeah and then and then saturday morning i'm like oh my god <laughs> this is harder than seeing one healthy kid at a time <laughs> this is harder yeah yeah you just the order right the yeah. order versus the chaos but yeah. but yeah so you you figure out what's what that perfect balance is yeah. for you and, yes, and take you some time it. for things that you love to do what brings you joy yeah. do those things yeah. yeah at least sometimes and i do think that your kids will see you being you know an independent person that has their own wants and desires and dreams and i think that's healthy yeah as long as you're like ridiculously there for them yeah <laughs> totally totally no, it, it's that, funny, they do yeah. really do they really do have an insight into that like if i'm not in the best mood like on a saturday morning my my first two like my eight and six year old will often ask like when yeah. are you going for a run soon like yeah. they know yeah. like you're gonna come back and not be an asshole anymore yeah. like yeah have your tea and go for a run or if mm. i if i yeah if i'm focused on work or debriefing at the end of the day and then I lighten up. You happy now, mom? Yeah. You happy now? <laughs> <laughs> Things are better. I'm like, ah, damn you for yeah. being perceptive. Right. <laughs> Hilarious. They definitely pay attention. Yeah. yeah. They're watching everything. Yes. 
everything. And they feel everything. It's not even just like, yes, you know, what we're saying. It's they feel like, you know, just like we look at them, we know if they're in a shitty mood, even without asking right. or are looking at our partners or mm-hmm. looking at each other. Right. And you know they that. almost have to rely on that intuition more because they're still making sense of all the words yeah, and the language. underlying meanings and stuff like that. Yeah. So they're very intuitive. Yeah. Like your kid doesn't understand meetings, but he kind of does, but he yeah. kind of, he kind of yeah. gets it. Yeah. yeah. When I when I leave the house, my wife is like, "Where are you going, mommy? I'm going to work. Can I go to work too?" Yeah. Oh, oh yes, no, I want to go. Your job is to go to preschool, and yeah. mommy's job is to go to work. Yeah. Oh, mommy comes to. Can I come to work with mommy? I'm like, no, you can't go to work. That's my biggest. He's fight like, is, but Essa comes to work with yeah, mommy. He's like very confused about <laughs> my daughter showing up places, but right. it's yeah. okay. Um, okay, Dean, what did you learn today from our friend Alyssa? I Hurtado. feel like I learned a little bit about mortgages. <laughs> <laughs> And I think I learned that maybe my variable choice was not a bad one. <laughs> no, I'm proud. <laughs> for now. For now. Falsier than me. Yeah. yeah. And you? Yeah. I think I learned about uh, the history of Rahab, which is interesting and where you guys came to be. Um, and um, I learned also a little bit about mortgages, I think. Um, and it's funny because it's one of those things that I've always like had and done and thought I knew about. It. And it's one of those things that you don't really understand until you're in it, I think. So... I think mortgage literacy is is interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's really it. Thanks for coming. Thanks for thanks coming. for having me. Uh, and if people want to find you, Alyssa, how can they find you? Raidhub.ca on LinkedIn. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Awesome. Perfect. Thank you. Good luck with baby. Thank you. Well, well hopefully it's fast and back. easy and painless yes. and things. Have a yes. nice delivery. Yes. We'll Where see. are you delivering? Sinai. Sinai? C-section my first. Uh-huh. Um, Hoping for a V-back? Yeah. Good. We'll see. Do it, girl. Might as well try. Might as well try. Mm-hmm. Different Absolutely. experience, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Yes. I've never had a C-section. I don't know, but uh, my moms in the practice that have had C-sections and V-backs were very, very happy they did V-back. Like, just yeah. as a different I, experience. I think it's worth the try. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's a different... Without being yeah. too fixated on what happens. Yes. Mm-hmm. You come in one and you leave two and hopefully everyone's healthy and that's all that exactly. matters. Exactly. So. Good luck. Good luck. Thank you. Thank you, Andrew. Mom's a tiffle. Mom's a tiffle. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. We hope you really enjoy the content. We are eager to chat with the most interesting people about topics you care about. Please connect with us on social media at Moms That Say, at Moms TO, and at Dr. Dina Kulik, and share your comments, requests, and to continue the conversation. If you want to hear more, click subscribe and rate us too. We're all about the feedback because this podcast is for you. Have a great rest of week. Until next time.